All right. So Apple is celebrating Black Music Month, whole month of June. Now we're holding events all throughout the country. You can check it out at apple.com slash retail slash Black Music Month. North Michigan Avenue in Chicago, San Francisco, New York. Everywhere we're holding a Black Music Month event for the month of June. So check it out online if you guys want to go to it. Now you guys are obviously here for Ziggy Marley. Ziggy Marley's got an album out called Wild and Free. It just came out a couple days ago. Debuted at number one. But he's going to need your help to stay there. So I know you guys are a small but mighty crowd. But please give me a big round of applause and welcome Ziggy Marley. Thank you. Everybody okay? Yeah, I want to start off by saying um, maximum respect to Ziggy for the, the new album, Wild and Free. Yeah, man, really cool, really cool album, some great songs. And the, the album cover for it is like a box of matches, and it opens up. So Ziggy, like 40 years ago, the, the Whalers' first album, Catch a Fire, was a lighter that opened up. And... Um, 40 years later, no, you have like a, a box of matches. The, the whalers caught a fire 40 years ago. Are you like, is the, the fire like burning wild and free still? Yeah, when we were um, designing the album art, um, that topic did come up because it, it, the album um, design reminds us of Catch a Fire, which was a, I don't, some of these kids don't even know what an album looks like. So. <laughs> but in those days, the album was a big thing and it, you could do a lot of things with it so um, the wheelers had catch a fire and it was like a big giant lighter and then you could open the top and then you would see the flame so this is like yeah, a, 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 a modern version of that idea but it's, it's a matchbook cool, wicked man and then the album itself has a lot of universal and family themes like the song Welcome to the World, has your outlook and life changed working with the kids and having Daniel featured on the song Changes um, well, kids definitely have an impact on, on our lives, you know. You, you don't get a lot of sleep and numerous different things. But I think um, it kind of grounds us, you know, having kids, having a family, it, um, being on the road, coming back home to the kids who just see us dad is, is pretty grounding. And I think that it's important to keep grounded, even though, you know, people, you know, cheer or clap and... The, ground, the grounding is, very, is a very significant part of the artist for me, you know? It definitely plays a big part. And when you were a little kid, you went into your father's studio, Tough Gong, in Kingston, Jamaica, and recorded children playing in the streets. Is it the same kind of vibe as you recording with your kids? Um, no, well, it's, I think it's much different now. Um, in those days, um, we, you know, being in the studio with, with our father was very, um, like, it was... It was so, such a big deal that it, it kind of overwhelmed us. Um, my kids and the kids of this generation, they're, they're so much used to everything. You know? Them kinda, they're much more less um, excited about stuff you know, than, than, than I was probably. Definitely, man. And I saw you dancing on stage with your father at Reggae Sunsplash in Jamaica over 30 years ago. Um, did you know what was happening at the time and how did it impact you and did you realize then that you wanted to become a musician? No, um, well, well with, 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 Dan, with you know, being on stage with, with our father at the time was just, 
I think it was just fun for us, you know. We never really think about that much. Um, we were children. It was me and my brother. Usually, we, we would um, go on stage for the last song of the set, um, which was usually Exodus. And um, we would just go on and, you know, do a little dance and thing. Uh, but we never think about it much. It was just us having fun, really, you know. And then now when you perform your father's songs on stage, do you get that same kind of feeling? Yeah, performing my father's songs to me right now is very emotional. Um, it, it feels, I, I sing my father's songs with just as much feeling and emotion as I do my own songs. I'm not just going through the motion singing Bob's songs for, for, for just the, the, the reason of singing Bob's songs, but I'm singing them because I feel them. So... You know, I, re I really, I like doing it as long as I'm feeling them, you know. Yeah, man, I saw a small intimate show that you played the other night with the band performing the songs Wild and Free. I think it was the first time you were ever performing them. And you said that you don't make music for the radio, but you make it to see how it's going to play live. How is the, the new album playing live? How does it sound live, seeing you have one of the best bands in reggae? Yeah, we'll play the album live for the first time on Tuesday um, for a small audience. And I think... My idea for this record was to make music that would translate well live. Um, and Because that's where I live, you know. I don't live on the radio. I live on the stage. And so um, that was very important to us. And I think we, we achieved that. And I think we just have to keep working at it, rehearsing and, and getting, getting it um, better. But I think the album itself, you know, live is going to do really well. Great, man. And the new album almost has a kind of a folky feel on it. And you've worked with some of the great artists recently, like Paul Simon, Willie Nelson, Jack Johnson. You know, what, what kind of music have you been listening to and who's been influencing you? Well, I listen to all type of music. Um, you know, I listen to some hip-hop, some dance music, some African music. Uh, my, 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 my taste is very wide. Um, most recently, I think, as I was saying, while I was recording the album, I was listening to some Eminem and some Far East movement and some Fela Kuti and some Whalers, you know. So I kind of, I'm all over the place when it comes to music. And which, which songwriters do you admire and who would you like to collaborate with? I don't know. Collaboration is a thing that, you know, when I do, if I do collaborate with somebody, like, I, like the first song on this album is, Wild, is um, called Wild and Free, yeah? I did it with Woody Harrelson. Um, and the collaboration for that wasn't something that was pre-planned. It wasn't something that we thought about. He came over to my house. I was doing the song. I said, hey, Woody, would you like to sing on this song? And he, you know, it was, I wasn't, I was, it was just a joke, really. But when he opened his mouth, I said, yo, Woody, you can sing, you know? Let's put you on the record. And he was like, cool, let's do it, you know? So that's how I like to do collaboration. It, it's spontaneous and very natural. I don't like, you know, some people collaborate, forget, forget promotion or get ahead. I, I, it has to be something that's so real and not for a marketing purpose. Yeah, man. And, and all these years we've known Woody Harrison, we never knew that he could sing. What was he like in the studio? Did he give a lot of trouble or was the whole thing so filled with smoke that you didn't know what was going on? No, Woody, I mean, yeah, that too, but Woody, um, it surprised me. You know, he surprised me. Because he sings, he sings from his soul, genuinely. You know, it, it wasn't acting. It was real, genuine feeling coming from his soul, you know? Yeah, man. And you did that song, Wild and Free, for the 
campaign for the legalization of marijuana with Proposition 19 here in California. Do you think that we're any closer to getting it legalized? I don't know. I mean, um, the politics of it is so um, hypocritical and corrupt. I don't know, but we do know that we have to get the truth out. That's, that's one of the most important things we can do. And that's why, um, you know, the title track for the album, and I'm, I'm speaking about it more because I believe that the idea of using this plant, a natural resource that we have here on the planet, to benefit the planet is something that we should not neglect. You know, and I believe there's thousands of uses for the plant beyond smoking, beyond medicinal and recreational. Um, the hemp plant can be used for, you know, fabrics. Um, it can be used for biofuel, nutrition. Um, there's deforestation happening all over the planet right now. A lot of the things that we're cutting down the trees to make, we can, we can use the hemp plant to, to, to make them instead. Saving the planet and, and, and using this natural resource. So we just want to get the truth out about, about the other uses of the plant. So with all the industrial and medicinal uses of marijuana, why do you think the government is fighting against it so much? I think um, it's mainly industries that have so much influence in government and, and so much power and so much money that they'll find any way to keep a, a, a competitor down. And hemp is definitely a big competitor to you know, the pharmaceutical industry, tobacco, alcohol industry, you know, cotton industry, lumber industry. So I think it's just a matter of um, the overwhelming power of these industries and what they call lobbies to actually affect the laws in the country. And, and that, is a, that is an issue where there's just too much money in politics, you know? And for those of you who don't know, Ziggy has out a great comic book called Marijuana Man. So, so Ziggy, um, is, is Marijuana Man... <laughs> Why? <laughs> you, you can get it at comic book stores. But um, is, 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 is Marijuana Man like your alter ego, so you're really Clark Kent and Marijuana Man is really Superman? No, Marijuana Man, as, as people laugh, you know, is, um, is a hero that gets his powers from the plant. Um, he comes from another planet in search of a solution. He lands on Earth, but he feels a connection to this plant. It does, it does something to him. And soon, eventually, he'll find out that the elements in the plant is actually what he needs to save his planet. And he's here on Earth wondering why, why are the Earthlings not using this plant more when, when he sees the benefit that it can actually save his planet. So he, he needs this plant. And he's up against um, a pharmaceutical evil guy who's trying to wipe out the plant just so that they can make an artificial version of it and, and, and sell it. So he's up against a, a, a really, you know, big, 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 big enemies, you know? Yeah, man. And for those of you out there looking for directions to love, on, on the album sleeve, the CD sleeve, Dig, Ziggy wrote for the directions to love, he wrote, left on Truth Street, take... Emotion Freeway East, exit on Sincerity Drive, left on Humble, should be Humboldt, then first right on Respect Street, you can't miss it. So, Ziggy, do you think that the message is getting out to the people and, and can music change the world? Yeah, I think music can change the world and has changed the world. Uh, music has a big influence on, especially the young generation. And, um, I mean, if, if music could have more substance in it, then the younger generation could be more active 
in, 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 the, in the society in a, in a positive way to make positive change. But a lot of the music today, you know, is really superficial. You know, a lot, a lot of the music that is pumped to the younger generation is superficial music. It's entertainment, but without enough substance to really cause, you know, thought, cause consciousness. So we believe music can make a change. And, you know, that's why I say, I mean, for me, it's all about playing live. That, that is where we live. But we cannot depend on anybody else or anything else but going out there and hitting the ground and playing the music for the people. And hopefully that will, that will have an a impact on, on people. And on Wild and Free, you have a song called A Sign. What kind of sign do you think the people need? Well, yeah, um, the song A Sign is like, I don't know. You know, I really didn't, I don't know what kind of sign, what, what other sign we need as, as a planet. You know, there, we have like, um, you know, wars happening. We have environmental destruction. You know, we have so much materialism, so much selfishness. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the song I said, maybe, maybe you need to cry. Maybe we have to hit, as a, as a planet, hit that bottom for people to really wake up and kind of make the positive change that the world needs, you know, so I don't know, I don't know what else we can, what more the people want, if they want like, you know, angels to come out of the sky with flapping wings and like a big yeah, yeah, yeah. fireworks and <laughs> brand them then, you know, I don't know, you know. Right, definitely. Yeah, man. And as far as reggae music itself, do you think that the message of reggae music is penetrating to the people? I think reggae music is always an underground music. You know, it's always like a, a music that um, is not, it's not on the forefront, but it, again, I talk about live because that's where it really lives. Reggae music lives live. It doesn't live a lot on the radios or in, in, the, in the pop culture, but it lives when you go to a concert. That's where the music lives. It lives live. Um, I think it will always be here. It's not a fad. It's, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a come and go thing. Reggae music has been around for a long time and will always be around. Yeah, man. One of my favorite songs on the album is Road Less Traveled. And we talk about your childhood and all that. Um, growing up in Trenchtown, was it rough and were you ever in any kind of danger? <laughs> Trenchtown? No, I mean, we grew up in Trenchtown, but no, we, you know, we live, you know, our family was poor at the time, but we didn't know any different. Um, we were quite happy with what we have. You know, as, as our father um, evolved in his career, obviously he brought his kids out of the, the situation and we kept moving up. You know, we got a better house, you know, more food in the fridge and so on and so on. But Trenchtown gave us a lot of vibes and experience that, you know, was important for us today. You know, if we didn't have that roots, I don't think I would be the way I am today. Yeah, man. And during, during an election year in Jamaica, your father got shot. What did you first hear? When you first heard he got shot, what did you think? Oh, well, I, you know, we didn't know he got shot. What happened was that we were sleeping and then the police came, you know, banged down the door and just took all of us up and kind of sped us away in some cars to where, you know, he was where we were, the hideout was. And um, I didn't know until the morning after I saw him and I saw my mother. And she had got shot in the head. And he had, he had got shot in the arm. And I kind of realized it was a situation. But as a kid, them, they, they try and shield you from the heavy stuff, you know. So it wasn't really until after we grew up 
we kind of understand what actually happened there, you know. But it was still impactful and still very strong in, in our memory. Wow. And then one of the highlights of your father's career was when he went to Zimbabwe and you went on that trip with him, which was so important because they brought down the British colonial flag and brought up, you know, a United African flag. So tell us any memories of that trip. Yeah, it was 1980 and um, uh, Zimbabwe was getting independence from England. And um, Bob decided to take the band there, you know, and, and to celebrate with the people. It was a very... Um, Memorable experience for me as a, as a young boy. Um, you know, for, sim for simple reasons and for more um, significant reasons. I mean, it was the first time I was going on such a long flight. You know, and I was looking at the moon through the window and it was like, wow, look at the moon. It's the first time I've ever been so close to the moon, you know. <laughs> and then when we went to Zimbabwe, we met with some of the, the gorilla, those who were fighting for freedom. And I remember them like showing Bob this grenade. That they, that, they, that they, you know, one of the grenades they were using. And I was, I was fascinated by that. At that time, I knew what a grenade was, you know. So I was kind of fascinated with that. And then being at the concert and seeing the impact that he had on the, the struggle for freedom in Africa also um, instilled in me the, 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 the drive or, or the, the inquisitiveness to go and learn more about Africa, learn more about the struggle of African people. So I think that was my... That was the beginning for me of my knowledge of Africa and the struggle of Africa. Yeah, man. And on the album, you have a really cool song called Elizabeth, where it's kind of, you're kind of fighting against the system. But you were telling me that it's, it's not really the government's fault because government is just controlled by big business, eh? Yeah, I mean, Elizabeth is a song that I wrote like 10 years ago, probably. Um, at the time I wrote the song, again, I was, you know, my, my, my headspace... Was I was pretty in a, in a militant type of headspace, you know, revolutionary ideas coming through my, my, my head. Um, and it, it's just a song that reflected certain political realities that, that, you know, a lot of third world countries faced. And who and why we faced those realities was because of certain other countries that wanted to manipulate a little third world countries, you know. US being one, England being one, and so forth. So it's a cautionary tale, really, to um, just be careful, you know. Uncle Sam, be careful, and Elizabeth, you know, it's, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah, man. And so, with, with, with stances like that, have you ever been discriminated against in it going into any country, like visa wise, or has anybody ever? Yeah, it's something. It's something. Um, less now, though, a lot more in the past, you know. I mean, we, we face. We faced some things before, but, you know, it's cool. We never, we never get in any trouble, but we get scrutinized a lot. Yeah. And your father's band, the Whalers, had maybe the greatest bass player of all time, Family Man. You said you were studying some of his bass lines for the new album, eh? Yeah, Family Man, who is one of Jamaica's most groovy bass player. You know, when it comes to reggae, I mean, I listen to some of the old Whalers song and, uh, and just the way he... he um, he leaves the way he leaves the spaces and just the, the groove of the bass. You know, I try and that really inspired me a lot because I create a lot of the parts for the album myself. Mm. And I get a lot of inspiration from his bass style. Cool, man. Yeah, and let me talk about some of my favorite songs on the album. Forward to Love is, is, is talking about a woman and also talking about universal love as well, eh? 
Yeah, forward to love. I mean, it's put in a context of um, you know individuals, but in the verses actually, and then the choruses is like universal. So the verses speak of individual individuals who are pursuing love, and the chorus really says forward to love, which is for everyone. Really, is a universal message. Yeah, man. And then the other one I really like is um personal revolution, and you say it's it's um. Tell me what that song means to you. Personal revolution. Well, you know, it's something that I thought about for a while. Because, again, back in the day, as a youngster, we had revolutionary thought. Especially growing up in Jamaica. We wanted to change. And so we have really revolutionary thoughts, you know. We want a revolution. <laughs> you know, we have to do something. You know what I'm saying? But after a while, um, you know, we understand that the evolution of the idea of revolution must fall on individuals now in this time because no matter how much revolution we have as 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 a group nothing will really change until individuals have their own revolution inside of themselves this is what i call a personal revolution so when i speak of revolution today i'm speaking of personal revolution the change within human beings to have a revolution that will show them the way to love, to peace, not war. You know, this is a revolution we really need right now. So this is what the personal revolution is. Cool. Yeah, man, and then tell us some of the, the countries in the world you've played with and what's like the favorite places you've played and what countries have impacted you. Favorite places? I don't really have a favorite place. You know, kinda, this is another thing I kind of grow out of, favoritism. You know, maybe back in the day I had a favorite place, but now I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really into that type of thing. So... You know, we like play anyway, you know, we'll play anyway, you know what I mean? The sunshine for the whole world, you know what I mean? The rainfall for everyone, so that's how we have to think about it. You know, there's no favoritism with the sun. Right. Shine there, shine here. That's the way we feel. Yeah. And one of your father's songs, he said, you got tired to see with face. No, he's probably the most famous face on earth. How do you think he would feel about that? Oh, well, as long as the message, as long, I think the most important thing to him was the message, really. The mission was the message. It wasn't about his face. It was about the message. So if that is helping the message, then it's, a, it's good. You know, it's good if it's helping the message. Yes, man. And I know you say you don't like favorites, but tell us what some of your, your, your dad's songs that really impacted you. Um, one of the, I mean, for me, um, when I was in high school, again, I was, again, we'll, we'll go back to the stage where, the revolu the militant ideas, you know, with my friends, we are, you know, we have these revolutionary ideas, and it was the album Survival that really that was a mantra for me, over and over again. It was talking about Africa a lot, and I was really into that and trying to find out what was going on in Africa and what had happened in Africa because in those days, in school you didn't really learn a lot about African history, so you had to find out for yourself. So I think Survival, in terms of a album is an album that really impacted me the most. And then as far as your own music, I mean, maybe my favorite song, I think, is Black My Story. Tell us about some of your songs that impacted you. Um, the, I think one of my, for me personally, the song um, Love Is My Religion is, is really a, a song that I remember writing it and it was really a revelation. It, it, happened, it happened really quick. This was, my, this was my description of my religion now. It wasn't 
Christian, it wasn't Islam, it wasn't Rasta, nothing. It was love. And that was a real revelation to me. Oh, so this was what it is. This is what it has always been. But it took me this long to really say it. You know, and it, so I think that song is really the most, um, for me, the most profound statement I've made in music. Yeah, man, that's one of the great song, song titles of all time. Love is my religion. I really love that. And then, do you think religion is still causing division amongst the people instead of uniting them? Yeah, religion, I mean, organized religion. Because organized religion is like politics. It, it's really meant to put people in groups. You know, and then, and then try and get one group to conquer the other group and make them join your group, you know? Instead of just saying love one another, love everyone, you know, so... Religion is really a divisive force in, in the world right now and goes against what I believe is the true spirit of what the idea of God should represent. It should represent unity and love, you know? Definitely. Yeah, man, so we're going, we're going to open the, the floor to anybody who has any questions. You have a question? All right, come up. Come up. Is that one there? Don't be afraid to ask questions now. Yeah, do it. All right, just, just curious about... Yeah, I use a Mac. Yes. <laughs> My question to you is, with music and the way that it's gotten as far as digital distribution and it's online, labels are kind of folding, a lot of things are happening. So to artists out there who are independent or what have you, how... Um, what do you say about the outlook of music in the hands of the individual? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm an independent artist. I don't have a big label behind me. You know, I'm my own label. And it's not easy. It's not easy for us. It's hard, you know. We got to talk to iTunes a lot. To get <laughs> we got to talk to iTunes a lot to get that stuff out there. Um, but I think there's a freedom to it and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a positive effect of, you know, at least feeling in control of your own destiny in a way you know i mean you know being on a big label sometimes you get lost and nobody's paying attention to you at least an independent artist can put the best effort forward for himself or herself and i think that feeling is is very um liberating and at least you know you're trying your best for for, for your music i think that's important Hi. Uh, you mentioned that the pop culture, the pop music is kind of empty. And for me, I see some, some problems with the younger generation, maybe a lot of it from narcissism, just like self, or me and my group. And what do you think is behind the kind of empty grouping, you know? No, I think it's, it's a manipulation of, of the... Of the the the, the earwaves are are the the way it's a market it's marketing it's it's it's, a, it's business it's all about making money you know we're in a country it's all about making money so whatever whatever they need to do to make money to make us spend money on stuff and buy stuff you know and and, and the stuff that is portrayed and the music that is heard if it makes you spend money and makes you buy stuff and you know buy the clothes and you know want every little thing I mean it's, that's what that's what I think it's about it's not about Nobody, they don't really, the, the, the structure that is operating doesn't really care about what, what you're thinking. They care about what, you, what you're buying. 
they don't care about what's in your head. They just care about what, you, what you're buying, you know, and what, and what you want to buy. So I think that, that really um, promotes a lot of, um, um, you know, whether it be radio station or whatever that plays music, to um, always play the music that will, will make fully their pockets more. That will cause you know more more money to come in, and it's business. It's just business, man. So you know we we it's an uphill battle for us, um, but yeah, we you know we're willing to fight it. You know we're willing to continue doing what we're doing, but that's just how it is. Two questions: Is your brethrens on this uh, record with you? And also, is there a third generation of Marleys coming? Yeah. Um. No, my brothers, them not. None of them sing with me on this record, um, but you know we we tight, we tight, we really tight. And yeah, there's another generation of Marley's coming. Um, you know, all of all of us have kids. You know, my 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 son, he's into music. You know, my brother's sons, they're into music. So we're kind of grooming them, but we're kind of grooming them with a heavy hand and for, for, for instill the idea of we're not gonna make this be easy for you. You know, we're not gonna just give you things you know you got to work hard for this you know so it's tough but that's that's what we're trying to groom them that we have to work hard we're not gonna make it easy you know we're gonna be really really tough on you you know so that's how we do it hey um in terms of the music industry how do you manage the difference between your music as a commodity versus the artistry of your music oh yeah i don't there's nobody around me that um, promotes a commodity part of my music. Because I'm independent. So it's all me. I'm not. If you're in a, if you're in a company, then they kind of have to. It's that commodity thing where, you know. But for me, I, I don't have that. I just make the music that I feel. And I, 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 that's what I put out. I put out the music that I feel. Uh, when, when you started writing music, was there any person that gave you any guidance or advice? Or like that really no 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 when I started writing music no I think I got I got um, advice from just listening to music and um, you know listen to my father music and music that I like you know and listen listening to songs you know re like listen to legendary songwriters and artists Marvin Gaye I used to listen to Marvin Gaye a lot Sam Cooke you know Sam Cooke you ever heard of that guy yeah that guy, um, Steve, I used to listen to all of the, the great ones. You know, that, that, and I think that, that's where I kind of um, figured out how to write a song. Okay, I, I have one more. So, Ziggy, you've told us about some of the greats that you've listened to, of course, the Marvin Gaye's and Sam Cooks. Tell us about some of the new bands that you've been listening to, and, and um, you know, especially in reggae. Is there anybody coming up who you see as the future of reggae? Well, we have some young generation youth, um, and they have they have strong bloodline. Alton Ellison, um, I don't even know his name, but he's someone that we should look out for. Um, and he's like Morgan Heritage. I like Morgan Heritage personally. Um, but you know, well, the, our music, we, this is our feel. Our music, we need more adventurers. You know, we, 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 people playing it too safe. Everybody's just playing it too safe. Everybody wants to, you know, be on the radio and be played with the other songs. We need more people that want to take risks and want to be free and not follow the pattern or the latest drum beat or 
that's what I would that's what I would like to see. More adventurers in music, you know. Any more questions? Ozzy, you're like a living legend, first of all. It's really an honor to see you Thank and you. hear you speak. I was wondering if Could I trouble you for an autograph? Or? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, last question. Thank you. Uh, what you do you okay? think of the Obama administration right now, or up to now? I don't think about it much, you know what I mean? What am I to think? It's politics. You know, it's a, it's a, politics is a game, man. It's, it's just a game, really. And what I think is that there's too much money in politics. People paying, there's too much money in politics. And so politicians become um, servants of the money instead of servants of the people. You know, that's how I feel about it. In, all over the world, really. It's not just America. It's just everywhere. It's economics. You know, it's economics and, and the power of the corporations over the, 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 the ideas of what government should be. You know, I don't know, man. I try not to watch it too much, though, you know. But I think I met Obama. You know, I went to the White House. I met him. Um, he's a cool person. He's a sincere person. Um, but once you get into politics, it's it's very rough. It seems very rough in there, and there's a lot of trick. You know, it's, and a politician. You always have to remember, a politician. The first thing a politician is gonna do is lie. Just remember that. All right, <laughs> it, that's a part of the job. Just always remember that they never tell you the truth straight up. So just put that in your mind. When no matter which politician, that's how the game is played. You know, that's how I feel. All right, I think that's a wrap for our event today. Please give a big round of applause Thank for Ziggy Marley and Native Wayne Robson. Remember to buy his music on iTunes. He needs your support. He is a self-made man. And give him another big exit right here.